I love how most people would be like testing one, two, three, and you're like, I'm gonna go through the whole alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much an Elmo. My Elmo mode is uh, she's still into that show. I'm waiting for it to for her to move on. No, oh, blame your daughter. I was thinking it's like a very rabbinical. We must we must turn over every stone. You know what? If a G <laughs> or according is to the New York Times, according to the New York Times, none of us know anything. So I just need to practice the ABCs for myself for my own you know education. What did the Times say? Is this recent? Did you or see this- that? Ah, oh, no. the controversy. I haven't even read the article because mm-hmm. they come out with one every two years it's a critique of the ultra-orthodox school systems oh that oh, oh, oh that about you about you guys yeah no yeah i saw that of course yeah do you have do you have a do you have a sound oh bite? i have so many hot takes on it that <laughs> either we could commit an entire episode just to that which we probably shouldn't sure sure yeah i mean i do want to hear them but we don't want to necessarily alienate everybody so let's you know talk about basically (laughs) as many religions as we can think of and whether or not they're doing the right thing cue the episode And she would, and he would give every, every day. She would walk through the town every day, almost clockwork. And he would give her a few drachmas. And I think a lot of people in the town were like, this guy. He's like, eh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, (laughs) I think he probably spoke Greek by that point. He was from, he was from Queens, but you know, I think that's probably, but that's probably what he said in Greek. Welcome into the Zal. Uh, I'm I'm Adam, and uh, I'm joined, uh, as always, by the great sage of uh, Indiana, a man of the people who knows to pronounce it caramel and not caramel. <laughs> the, the Orthodox with the most dox. <laughs> All right, I'll practice better for next time. We're here. We're going to talk about uh, what we're, we're, today. We're going to talk about uh, concepts of um, of charity and its many meanings and its many practices. And um, and I think things are going to get kind of weird. So I'm excited. Use that for yourself. Yeah. So I've been doing a hell a lot of fundraising as of recently and i resent it Hmm. completely i'd prefer really anything but nevertheless it's critical aspect of what i do and it's very intertwined in a lot of a lot of jewish philosophy so even though it's hard both to ask and to give and probably to receive charity if you're like a poor person nevertheless i think it's a it's an important important topic to ask, to give, and to receive. You're right. I mean, each one of those things are, they rev- they repercuss off one another, and they are very different aspects. I think I think maybe most of the time when people talk about it, you're just completely focused on the giving. That's the thing you focus on. Mm. Giving. What is it like to give? And then and then it sort of ends there. But you don't think about that as a as a as a loop. Yeah. You know. So all this fundraising I've been doing, it really like the difficulty that you're just describing wanes waxes and wanes based on how philosophical i'm feeling at the moment in other words the more philosophical i feel the easier it is and i think it's easy 
it becomes easier at each of those levels, whether you're giving the charity, whether you're you know soliciting it for a, a cause, or mm. you're actually soliciting it for yourself. I think the more philosophical you get, the easier it becomes. Which is probably true with more thing, most things, I would say. What do you mean? Like the more abstract the fundraising is? Like what, do you, what are you saying to be? If you're thinking in depth mm. about what it is you're fundraising for and what it is to give and the act of giving and how therapeutic and maybe karmically correct it, it is, it becomes easier. It becomes easier. So like, let's put it this way. On the shallowest levels, it's really hard to do any of those things to ask someone for their hard hard earned money is is crazy you know these people working nine to five let's say or if they're a freelancer even more hours and they're clocking all this time just to earn a dollar and then some some guy whether it's the red cross or your synagogue or some you know fund for poor people a soup kitchen any form of giving is extremely difficult Mm -hmm. you know on the shallowest of levels you're taking a dollar out of your pocket and handing it to someone else but the more philosophical you get, I think, about really any aspect of it, the easier it becomes. You understand that this is good for society and that, you know, in the long run, you want an improved society or you maybe you believe in the cause that you're giving toward or maybe you're a beneficiary of the cause that you're giving toward or maybe you just believe in exercising this philanthropic muscle that you possess and uh, haven't really worked it out recently. You know, all these things are good things. You just have to kind of look beyond the here and the now to, to appreciate them. I mean, like, really, the idea behind it. So, if I'm giving, say, I donate, you know, $18 to a synagogue or a Chabad, and I say, well, yeah, but either they did something nice for me in the past, or maybe it'll make it a better place in the future. Uh, you know, $18, I don't know, that's going to buy the pastrami sandwich you wanted, but, you know, but <laughs> let's assume uh, that's, mm-hmm. you know that maybe is just kind of this self-contained little loop that's not that big, I guess. But at the same time, it does tap into the sense that by doing this, I'm, I'm still like helping a community. And why am I helping that community? Because, well, I think it's good that that community exists. And why do I think that that's good that that exists? Because it's, you know, good for a uh, community and for people, you know, and for mm-hmm. uh, conversation and philosophy, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So in a way, doesn't everything at some point, isn't everything kind of have some level of that? Maybe it depends on how conscious it is or not, but doesn't it? Have you think everything like not, not related to charity, like literally everything becomes easier if you're philosophical. I'm not saying easier. I'm saying that I'm saying that somewhere in people's logic, however much it's at the forefront, like maybe you just say, hey, the, the plate's being passed around. I put something on the plate. I just did it. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. did it. But somewhere there is always that like high level. Yeah, but why? Well, I'm doing mm-hmm. it because I really think that like at this large philosophical level, it's the right thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. yeah, that's the absolute deepest. But then the right thing to do or, or the good thing to do kind of branches off into your specific your specific why. And I And I think... Each person, or not necessarily each person has their own, but there are many, many different whys. Like, it could be as transactional as, like, hey, I go to this place and eat kiddish every week, and I'm literally consuming X amount of dollars. The sure. least I could do is is give, you know, $18, and I'll cover, you know, one-twentieth of my eating of that weekly kiddish. You know, it could be that transactional. Or there's some Jews that I know that want to support Jewish organizations, even though they attend nothing. You know, mm. they, they literally—this is almost their form of attendance you know this is like i'm not going to come to this thing i don't really chill with anything religious but i kind of want to support it happening in my city or in my world 
uh, so I'm going to give to it. So it could really vary a lot. So uh, then, I mean, I think we have to at least articulate what's, what's the diff- definition of charity then? Is it just giving something when you don't actually have to? You know what I mean? Like mm. taxes aren't charity because they kind of make right. you do it. Right. Uh, paying a bill at a restaurant not charity is a tip charity you know social Mm -hmm. norm but then it can vary Mm -hmm. is that charity or you know and then in your case where you don't have to pay at all it could be zero but it could also be anything is that charity or is there something like more specific i feel like popularly not enough people have thought hard enough about this to give themselves the answers for themselves you know everyone will have different opinions about this i do know that in in judaism or at least in in mysticism a lot of kabbalah and hasidic mysticism they discuss this and not to get too etymological but just bear with me do it the the word for charity in hebrew (laughs) (laughs) the word for charity in hebrew is tzedakah Mm. all right pretty well known Um, i think it joined the lexicon after the bible but not too long after um, so tzedakah, but the word for like kindness or like unearned giving is usually in Hebrew chesed, which means kindness. Mm. So if charity or, or let's not say charity, let's say if tzedakah is strictly like pure kindness, then we wouldn't be calling it tzedakah. We would be calling it chesed. Uh-huh. So the moment we're calling it tzedakah, there must be another root. So this is a little bit counterintuitive, but the root word of the word tzedakah is tzedek. The letters tzaddik, dalid, and kuf, which actually mean the opposite of generosity and charity and kindness. It means justice, implying that when you give tzedakah, it's not like you're such a good guy. This is actually just. This is actually almost expected of you in a way, in your, in your example, of giving taxes. That when someone's giving charity, they shouldn't have the mindset, here I am, Mr big man on campus being so beneficent to all of these little poor people. Rather, you should see that you should see your own possessions as kind of on loan to you. And anything that you could spare to help another poor person or organization, you should see that as almost just for you to kind of spread the wealth in that way. That's I guess that's one relationship. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't see them as as opposites. It's sort of like what you're saying that you you do it at this at the philosophical level like what you're saying at this abstract level it's because it's somehow right the just mm-hmm. thing and the giving mm-hmm. thing overlap or they intersect or mm-hmm. maybe they're maybe they're basically always the same you know it's yeah. just two two paths to the same action right right so you, so you, that's interesting i never really thought of that of that point you're saying that the words charity and the words justice don't have to be mutually exclusive. In other words, you could give charity with justice. I think that's that pretty it's much just. Yeah, that right. It's the just. Yeah. It's also like the way that I don't know. Maybe I'm. I haven't really. This is a half baked thought. Uh, not even baked. Here's a little. Here's the ingredients, <laughs> and they're not even cookies yet. But I'm throwing them into the oven. Too early. You have to borrow an egg from too a neighbor. early. Yep. Can you put in the egg in after? This is like once Thanksgiving. I was making a pecan pie. And I forgot to put in all the sugar. The pie looked beautiful. I was like, look, I did it. You know, made the crust. Everything's per- like pre-baked the crust. So it's all whatever. Forgot the sugar. The pie's been in there for 15 minutes. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I've, I've ruined. I've ruined everything, you know. 
uh, and uh, and I called my mother, and she said, she said, well, you can take the has it has it set yet? You can take the pie out and just put in the sugar and put it back in. And I went, oh my sweet Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too late. The pie was. So this is what I'm hoping to do. I'm going to put the pie in. You tell me if there's something we can add to it. What were we talking about? Um, no, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the word, the word right, like the idea that rights are right, that that's correct, that there's this correctness. And then there's also uh, what is essentially just. I mean, you can think of rights, human rights as what mm-hmm. is just and they're mm-hmm. correct. And they're just, and they are correct. And you have these things that are meeting at the place where they justify one another, that Mm -hmm. human right is also correct, and we want Mm -hmm. to see them that way. And that's probably why we have such big arguments about something like that, because it immediately is tapping into something so serious. Because as soon as you say, ah, that's not actually a right that people have to do X, Y, Z. It's not actually a Mm -hmm. right to... God, name a thing to have a crosswalk yeah. in their town or whatever, right, right, or right, to have yeah, right. this kind of education. It's not a right; it's a privileged thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're actually challenging like somebody's entire notion of justice, which is really, which is really crazy. Mm-hmm. Which is which is why I think probably people are maybe it's why it's dangerous to think about charity because as soon as you say, "Hey, you should do this," you're effectively saying, right. like, Oh, this right. is the right thing to do. And if you don't do that, like, you know, it might mean something pretty serious about you. You're, you're, you're on, you're exactly on target because the Rebbe explains, takes along that mystical line and says basically a line that his conclusion is similar to where you just ended up. I think he says that on the one hand, we said that tzedakah isn't called chesed, implying that there is some sort of justice in it. It's not just pure, you know, beyond the letter of the law it's almost like a part of the letter of the law on the one hand mm-hmm. but on the other hand we don't call tzedakah tzedek which means pure justice we call it tzedakah it's a, it's a different word there's an additional letter over there implying that there's it's not pure justice and there but kind of ends off with this bottom line he says if you're on the giving end of things you should strive to see it as justice in other words i'm not such a great guy for giving this rather it's just mm. it's almost expected of a human being to be giving mm-hmm. but if you're on the receiving end of it if you're on the receiving end of of either charity or someone gave to your organization or maybe even god is is giving you beyond what you think you deserve you should not see that as justice and rather you should see that more as as a kindness as a charity that was unearned and therefore uh, you should be extra grateful for it so, wow. so it's like this weird right. middle ground where, where both, depending on your perspective, you can see the exact opposite. Where yeah. it's the, the giver says, I need to do this. And the receiver says, you totally did not need to do that. This episode of The Zal is brought to you by Matzacoin. Matzacoin, it might last for eight days, but then it'll be gone. These high holidays channel the suffering of your ancestors with Matzacoin by losing everything you've got. Matzacoin, the crypto of affliction. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you zoom, you zoom out, and there is a total paradox. Like, there's no way to actually see it from a bird's eye view and go, "Yeah, well, everything logically makes sense." No, mm-hmm. it can't. It relies on this contrast. That's, this is my favorite part about like Jewish explanations about anything. It's like you get to a point. And it's like, yeah, of course, no. These two things literally can't exist together in in this hyper logical sense, but they do. 
And it also makes total sense because it's like when somebody gives you a present, you really do feel that. You're like, you didn't need to do that. Our friendship didn't depend mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. It's just nice. It's just extra. And a person mm-hmm. maybe felt obligated. And they're also like, don't mention it. You know? <laughs> don't, yeah. don't mention it. At best, that is what it is. Don't mention it. Right? Literally, don't mention it. I did it. It felt good. I whatever. But don't mention right. it. And you're like, but right. you didn't need to also. <laughs> Right, right. You're so, that's exactly right, and your articulation is perfect. It's almost who cares about the objectivity. In other words, we're not we're not looking right now at science. Here is this like social moment where mm. both of you could really just be the most pleasant versions of yourself. You know, imagine receiving the gift and saying, "Oh, I totally deserve that." Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I barely need to thank you. It's like you spend three dollars on a on a sandwich at a store, and the guy handed you a sandwich. You barely need to thank them. So when someone gives you a gift, if you have that mentality that it's justice, you barely need to thank them. That's or if you right. take it to the other extreme, the giver is saying, "Oh, I'm the most beneficent and, and generous guy on the earth," and he starts slobbering about his greatnesses just because he gave you a gift. That also would be kind of disturbing. That's right. So both of both of the sides just need to strive to say, I don't care about the objective moment. There is an objective answer in this case, but there's also this like tactical question of, am I being the most pleasant, agreeable, nice version of what this moment is calling for? And and if that if that means that one person will take one line of reasoning and the other person will take the exact opposite line of reasoning, then so be it. Well, that's, I think that's where the justice parts come. Justice and just, maybe those have different, those kind of have smack with like different connotations or whatever, but ju- that it's just, it's just the thing you do, you know? It's, <laughs> it's a just thing to do. And the just thing to do on the other side is to go, yeah, um, I, there was no expectation. It's, it's just on both ends. There was this legendary fundraiser. He fundraised for a... <laughs> legendary like, fundraiser. Re- <laughs> no, really. <laughs> I he know. Was, uh, what a he, concept. It was like a full-time job. He fundraised for Karen Simchas Shabbat V'yamtiv, which was an organization which basically made Shabbat and holiday meals for poor people in, okay. in New York and in, in Brooklyn. And they gave out hundreds of thousands, millions, I don't know, of meals. A really amazing organization. And the main funder, fundraiser was a guy named Shimshon Stock. And he was very Brooklyn. Very, it sounds like he has a rabbinic name, but he was extremely Brooklyn. And he used to always go around the synagogues and say, take out your wallets, take out a dollar, and give me the rest. <laughs> so so he, he took the other approach of just saying, like, no, you got to give me the rest. It wasn't so much of that tone, but I think it was obviously being ironic, you know, and just being funny. But it's also it's also like when you set the framework for what, you know, the margin of error or whatever uh, uh, around what the right thing to do is, then it's very hard to tilt, you know, all the way. It's it's you're kind of put in a framework where it's like, oh, well, I can't give a dollar. Uh, I don't really feel like giving everything in my wallet. So now, OK, so now I'm in this position. I think this I'll is probably the middle. Yeah, I'll meet you in the middle. And he declared what the middle was. It wasn't like if you feel like giving because now, no, nothing is on the table. Right. This is the problem I think that, that people have with like, you know, the new like tipping on iPads, whether or not it's just as one, two, three dollars for, you know, a 250 coffee or whether it, or not it goes 20, 25, 30 percent and whatever. And people go, oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh no you know and right. it relies on just shifting our mindset about what we consider to be just and taking in that feedback and 
but the thing is we don't know and when those things change we don't we don't know and when they change really fast it's also really hard there was a really really early french sociologist this guy named marcel moss and he wrote a book called the gift and and basically the idea was like all of human society and interactions are regulated by our practices of gift giving how, how you give a gift and when you give a gift and how you receive a gift and how you reciprocate a gift and, da, 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 mm-hmm. da, 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 and all that kind of stuff so one is like what do you even categorize as a gift we, we've been talking a lot about like money but it's like oh it mm-hmm. goes way mm-hmm. beyond that right sure not just sure, the time sure. is money thing the time but emotional energy emotional labor like all kinds of stuff can be considered mm-hmm. giving and how you process those and then sometimes there's like a little error i think what we're talking about when you you are allowed to have different approaches to the same interaction that's one of those things that then makes it possible for like a healthy system to function where if you don't have that and it's like everybody needs to be doing exactly to be participating for exactly the same reasons and getting Mm -hmm. and giving the same thing at all times it's like oh that'll never work that's like every part of your body trying to do all the same functions and with the same thing it's like that's it you can't have 45 kidneys that's too many kidneys Mm -hmm. i think i think i think i think i i think i I meant that I think that's what I meant. I think that's what I meant. But at the end of the day, what I want the take home for the listeners to be, don't have 45 kidneys, okay? Give a kidney, but don't take too many kidneys, okay? <laughs> News that you can use <laughs> by Adam Valen Levinson. <laughs> You'd be urinating like vodka, like just the most pristine liquid substance okay now i'd like to amend my statement maybe consider it (laughs) (laughs) here's 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 things that pop into my head all the time when i think about charity on one scale, you've got, you pass somebody homeless on the street, and it's a question of zero to all the money in your wallet, dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a choice that you have, and that's a choice, you know, living in a big city. Unfortunately, in America, at least, you're faced with constantly. On the other side, you have, I think this happened recently. I mean, I know this happened recently, but... Um, <laughs> I think I know <laughs> now <laughs> topic for a different day. Uh, I don't think I dreamed this. The CEO of Patagonia, <laughs> the, the, the clothing outdoor clothing company um, donated $3 billion to combat climate change. Now I don't know exactly to what organizations or the ways that that's distributed, but that's effectively the goal. Wow. And then you think about, okay, well, what are the reasons behind that? It's not just fighting climate change for its own sake. It's because that will help future generations survive and save lives now and, 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 and. So you got that on this one insane level, and you have the other tiny things that sort of go unnoticed at this micro, inter, you know, just interpersonal level. But how do we count? How do we count that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. How do you quantify that? How do you quant? I mean, three billion dollars you can quantify 
but more or less and in what context and then the, not, never mind the effects i mean there's a million yeah. ways to count there's a what's that company i've been listening he's been appearing on all of the podcast that i listened to dang i can't remember the name of the organization but it's it's one that studies not not for profits basically and it's the most effective you know that's what they that's their argument is like uh, effective altruism that's what they call themselves i remembered it and they just study, you know, the, these not-for-profits and try their best to quantify how much of it is going, how much of a contribution is going to, toward the cause, A, and B, mm-hmm. how effective are they in pursuing that cause? You know, not, the first question is is easy. The second question is much more difficult to Absolutely. answer. And then, and then you get into the unanswerable, which is like, well, which, which cause, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I most don't people think don't like have three billion dollars even appear. Sure, right. On that it, list. Yeah. If you don't have three billion dollars, it's going to be pretty hard to even mm-hmm. target. And and even that guy's got three billion dollars. Still picked a vertical. You know what I mean? He still picked this. Where some people would go, yeah, but climate change as opposed to what about hunger right now? What about homelessness right, right now? Right. What about this, 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 this? And he's making a calculation for the absolute greater good. I imagine he's going greatest good for the greatest number. This is what I'm targeting for right, now right, and the future. Right, but right. To quantify that or to categorize what's the best. Uh, there's also something to be said for that momentary interaction of a homeless person being able to buy a sandwich thanks to the $5 that you gave them on the street, even though it's, there might be more effective and very targeted ways of giving charity that maybe that $5 would have gone further, but you didn't have a moment with a, per- a person in need or you didn't exercise that, that charitable muscle that we spoke about at a moment when you weren't so inclined, you know, where, it, where the opportunity came to you and you didn't find the opportunity. Like there's a lot of things that are not included in the sum total of one of these organizations of like effective altruism where you say no i still want to undergo that experience of being a little bit less effective but having a human interaction well that's that's i guess that that has to do with like uh you know we talk about the asking and giving and receiving that's kind of like well you actually in some cases you receive in many cases, I think you receive something for the giving, you know, whether it's just like feeling good, that's yes. the classic yes. thing or whatever yeah. recognition, like the, like that curb episode where it's like, yeah. oh, really? You put your name on the thing, you know, mm-hmm. there's that. But also I think the biggest point is that these things don't have to be one or the other, you know, solutions for anything should operate at multiple levels. It doesn't, it doesn't really make sense otherwise the same way as like, you you live your life you talk to one person you also talk to many people you mm-hmm. you rabbi it you know at at one dude you deal with just your kids you deal with your family as a unit you deal with the, mm-hmm. the shul as a unit you sure. deal with fundraising as a large you deal with community sure, but, da, 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 da. you have to do all of them yeah no i agree with you but for these people that i listen to a lot on these podcasts they may not think that they're like listen your money is finite your time is finite yeah, don't they do. you know only but I, I, I tend to agree with you more than this I This is why you them. cannot listen to economists about everything. They've, 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 they've talked to a sociologist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sort of. But at the same time, a, a lot of academia, actually, a lot of social sciences are, are heavily moving into this quantifiable space because that's where people feel like uh, they have more defense of their policy suggestions or of their work or whatever. And it's really dangerous because you don't, you just start you, you you just start cutting out more and more the human aspects a lot of these 
unquantifiable things or at least unquantifiable in any way that we know how to do legitimately now like we're mm-hmm. talking through oh, okay well this uh, the incongruities in the way that you even act and what it is to receive what is effective or not or da 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 mm-hmm. these things you can't measure you force people into a can i count it or not mm-hmm. man you're gonna miss a lot of stuff Mm-hmm. And, and and for the most part, then once you start sh- you know sharing that with people and telling them what to do, you got to oversimplify and simplify and simplify it to the point where it's like you're not gonna you can't you can't tell somebody this is the way to live about something this big. This is a big topic. We do big topics. This is a big <laughs> this is a big one. <laughs> you can't you can't have this like simple. You go to this, you search for that, you go to this, you do that, and yeah. this is what you do. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, I live in. I, I try to live in both worlds. the the one The one caveat that I I would tell both sides that they get wrong, is just at least acknowledge the other side's position and don't and don't either don't intentionally fool or unintentionally fool, uh, your listener or whoever's mm. taking the wisdom from you to say that not only is this a human interaction, this is also the most efficient way of of giving. In other words, don't make that argument or vice versa. In other words, you c- if I'm an economist and I'm being rigid numbers guy, at least say, oh, by the way, this doesn't account for like having a soul or being mm. a human or like smiling at one another. And you should at least acknowledge that like that's a massive flaw in my position, even though technically this is the most efficient way to give and, vi- and vice versa. If, if I'm emphasizing that, you know, mm-hmm. interhuman relationship thing, I should also say like, yeah, probably if I gave that $5 to a worthy organization, they would do more good with it for society than giving it to some poor person on the street that would you know who knows what he's going to do with that money so in other words like embrace your arguments because you're you're they're your arguments but it but be totally on the table with saying where my arguments go and where they don't go and i think that will just make everything much more easily e- easy to communicate but but then i mean yeah totally it's just that some people's position is that there are not two positions and it's hard to agree with that mm-hmm. no no that's because i would get into these arguments in college you know to be in new york and pass somebody and somebody would go how, how are you giving a dollar and it's like dude what why are you fighting me on this like mm-hmm. what and and first of all you know, oh you don't know what they're going to use it for that's not that's a whole separate issue and question and why are we even engaging with the thing you don't know but if you want to go there but without even going okay so buy food then you know so mm-hmm. do that then cut that right, out of the right, equation then, right, then, then, right, then, right, right. well I don't do that because of this okay <laughs> well why not this? you're like well, I, I think I'm seeing that. a trend developing like, I think uh, I see a pattern <laughs> I think maybe I'm seeing that you don't want to confront the the massive uncertainties and messiness of real mm-hmm. life when it comes to the practice of giving given that you do have finite resources and it becomes like a crazy even the mm-hmm. billionaire is like what do i do with this money even the billionaire mm-hmm. is sitting there going like uh want uh you know the guy's got a hundred dudes around him being like well we think uh, we've put together uh, these uh, presentations about like how <laughs> you should put this over here and over here and here and the guy's like oh man i'm still having you know we're having that issue at the scale of a dollar maybe but it's still it's the same all the way up yes the issue yes. is engage just engage with it don't run away from that as a question because then 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 you know then it's mm-hmm. a every man for himself kind of situation which is pretty ugly i think yeah
So jumping to another topic, and this one is also much more theological than than previous ones, is that let's let me preface with the following: in Judaism, we believe in karma, reward, and punishment. However, you want to frame it, saying good things happen to good th- good people, bad things happen to bad people. Having said that, we a say that you don't know the good thing that is coming to a good person. You don't know the bad thing that is coming to a bad person. In other words, just because someone seems to have made a ton of money, you don't know if they're genuinely living a happy life. Someone made a ton of money and they're genuinely a bad person and you could prove that they're just a terrible person. Mm -hmm. Just because they have a lot of money, you don't know if that's considered good. Maybe a lot of money is giving them intense anxiety, you know, of the variety that you were just describing or whatever. Sure. So that's level one, that we don't know what's good and bad. Another thing, though, and this is even more important, is that even though we believe that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, we don't allow that to be a motivation. We don't say that I'm only doing good for the good or I'm only refraining from bad because bad things are going to happen to me if I do. Rather, the reason why we do good is because it's essentially good in and of itself. And the reason why we don't do bad to others is because... Uh, it's bad to others, not because I'm afraid that God's going to smite me with whatever, you know. That's effectively like a mitzvah, right? There's a mitzvah, mm-hmm. do the mitzvah, do not count your mitzvah points. Mm-hmm. But then on top of all that, there's an even bigger thing, and this is like pretty much straight up a prohibition, which says you shouldn't test God. In other words, you shouldn't say, oh, God, not only do I believe in your reward and punishment, and not only... Am I only doing this good deed for a reward? But if you don't come through on this particular reward, I will have a crisis of faith. Sure. In other words, you're not you're not depending on your you're not hanging your hat of faith on your own beliefs, your own thoughts, your own philosophies, you know, your debates with friends. Rather, you're literally having this transactional relationship with God saying, if you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch your back. And if you don't, then goodbye. I'm going to eat a cheeseburger or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with that? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm going to, you know, steal from a peasant. You know? yeah, I got, I got, no, I got there. I just, well, it well, sounds great. You know? <laughs> You're like, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Read the about section for this show and you'll understand what we're coming from. But the only exception to the, this testing clause where you shouldn't test God and you should kind of have a relationship with him that isn't transactional is the concept of charity. It says in one of the books in the Bible, in Malachi, that not only will good things happen to you if you're charitable to the poor, rather this is the one area that you can say, God, I'm expecting something in return. That you actually we- are expecting something in return. Yeah, it's the only, only with regards to charity was it green lighted, which I, do, I mean, we could just talk about it. I don't have an answer of how like philosophically that makes sense that we can make an exception to that rule, but I just find it, you know, at face value wild. But that, I mean, it is, and it also seems in total contrast to the first part, which was like, when you give to somebody, don't expect anything, don't expect yes. thank you, you just do it because it's yes. right. Well, you're not yes. just doing it because it's right if you think you're going to get a reward. That's exactly. I, it's, it's crazy to me. It's unbelievable. But that's what it said. In other words, you could expect a much more clear-cut rewards for the giving of charity. I see. God is, so to speak, saying, I'm so passionate about helping those that are in need that I'm prepared to say, do it and we'll figure it out. To me, that that is so exceptional within Judaism. Yeah. I Maybe. Imagine you are giving 
charity to people with no housing or food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Imagine you actually like m- made real progress. Imagine you did that. Then the world in which you live is now better and you're a part of it. Like imagine you're walking in New York. For some people, maybe it really doesn't feel this way. But for me, it's like you see that and you're like, this is messed up, man. I mean, it's a cause of stress. It's a cause of like insofar as you can even begin to imagine what that's like. It's a source of, of you know, second degree suffering. It makes you feel like you're impotent, like, geez, I, w- what can I do? It causes this like decision stress of like, mm-hmm. well, what is the right thing to do? Do I do nothing, a little, a lot, as much as I possibly can, whatever that is. Imagine that problem wasn't there. All those things go away. That's a win. You know what I mean? That's a direct win from you having done something. So, And maybe, you know, maybe that book of the Bible is kind of focused on a much smaller town where you're going to see, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to see those effects a lot quicker. Right. Well, the don't fruits don't of let labor. the guy be begging all the time. He's going to have to steal from the shop. And now we don't trust each other. Now we don't invite each other to Thanksgiving where somebody made mm-hmm. a garbage pecan pie and we did this. Is it? <laughs> So your so your argument is yes, it is crazy to allow to green light this level of trans. Tra- I have no better word than transactionalism. Yeah, in some ways, uh, yeah. In God, with God, just because the problem and the s- solution are so huge and so earth earth shaking. I think earth shaking is right because they are terrestrial things. Like they, you get. You do something on Earth, you're getting rewards on Earth. We don't even have to go up into a into a, a above human level. Those that's the level of reward, you know. Mm-hmm. And you will see you will see that, and you will get it. And maybe it's so minuscule because what you're doing is minuscule, but 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 you are getting it. And maybe maybe it's at that weird level of uh, you know oh, I felt good forgiving. And we go, ah, you shouldn't, uh, that's uh, something dirty about that. It's like, I don't, I don't fundamentally see an issue with that, you know, right, being like, right, it felt right. good to me to give. It's like, that's, right. it, if it feels good to you to take care of your kids, that's a fine mm-hmm. feeling. It, you're not just doing it because it's the right thing to do. That's like a little right, robotic. Right. It's all right. Right, right, right. So maybe that's yeah. part of the reward you automatically get. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. That we get back to the sort of economics of it. Economics doesn't generally or can't, you know, deal with the the giant feedback loop, you know, the here's what happens and because of that happening it's going to affect this and because of that happening it's going to affect this at all these other scales and the interaction effects of those are going to come back and affect mm-hmm. where we are here da, 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 da. It's so hard to predict, you know what I mean, to model that that we need to get back to like a much simpler level where it's like this is this 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 seems good, you know, where mm-hmm. we can't have to justify everything mm-hmm. in these like mm-hmm. in these. Well, it's gonna deliver yes. yeah. this much matzo yeah. coin, right? Right. In other words, like life is short. Life is, and uh, you can't calculate sh- until you have the perfect formula. When in the meantime, like you've walked past past this poor guy a hundred times and you haven't helped him at all. I mean, a hundred percent. I guess. Baseball. I guess it is. It's kind of like life is both way too complicated and then also way too simple. It's a pretty simple interaction. Just do the simple thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Vizal is also brought to you by the Gefilte Experience. Are you tired of getting your gefilte fish straight from the jar? Come down to the Gefilte Experience, where you will have the chance to catch your own gefilte fish in the wild. Impress your friends. It's not store-bought. You caught it yourself? Make a catch or your money back. Terms and extremely long restrictions, but you're not going to read them anyway. Apply. The Gefilte Experience. Think outside the jar. <laughs> One more point that I prepared, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, because... I think about it a lot, and it's kind of counterintuitive. We learned in Pirkei once, and I was trying to get the exact wording, but full disclosure, I didn't find it before this recording, but it's very much there, that at least from the commentaries on Pirkei that there is something to be said for giving, whether it's charity or money or food or even doing any particular mitzvah, many times in small ways than giving once in a big way. So, for example, if I'm giving... Uh, money to a soup kitchen even though i could give one check of 400 dollars once a year it would be healthier to give a dollar a day for 365 days mm-hmm. even though the sum total would be 35 dollars less than that 400 dollars check because and because because there's also this within your own soul a process of refinement and making yourself more charitable than mm. just the recipient. So yeah. yeah, it could be with regards to this soup kitchen, you'll be giving $35 less, but you'll become all around a better person, a more thoughtful person, just having to think of other people every single day by giving that dollar. But also who knows, next year you'll be giving much, much more, even from the economical standpoint, just because you've managed to really you know, sharpen or strengthen that giving muscle inside your soul which had you given just once a year when you were in the mood for 400 bucks and then never given charity again for that year, you wouldn't have strengthened that muscle. Yeah. I think, I mean the habit forming, I, I guess I understand that from, yeah, both the habit forming side, cause I'm not very good at habits of, you know, get up at the same time every day, then you do it. Then mm-hmm. it becomes a part of how you do it, whatever. And then even on the receiving side, I mean, I know there are financial reasons for this, but I think they're also anticipating that same that same habit formingness where the organizations will say, Give, please do the monthly thing. Mm-hmm. The one time is fantastic, but please do please do the monthly thing. Even if you don't necessarily have to think about it, but I, I know like, okay, so my mom uh, loves elephants and for her birthday, maybe a couple years back, I made like a pretty small donation to like an elephant sanctuary and it's like, you know, food supplies or whatever for the elephant for a year. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a recurring annual thing. And I just do that. You do forget about it. You forget about it. But when the thing comes back and it's like, hey, we renewed the thing for the year, you're like, oh, right. Uh, the elephant, I, I, you know, I apologize. I haven't been thinking about elephants much. It's just other mm-hmm. things have been going on. Haven't. Right. But it comes back in and becomes part of the like fabric of your well, let's put, let's put care. it in this way like a thought experiment like this if you even with another human being if you gave four hundred dollars to that poor poor guy on the street on 23rd street and and gave him 400 bucks in one day it would be a pretty memorable day but you think you would have made his life better had you given him one dollar a day for a year, just come over to him that one day, have that momentary momentary conversation, give him that buck, and he's expecting you on the daily. I think the latter. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too much of a heartthrob. I may, I might have misused that word. I think that's when like people just like 
just really want to take you home, I think. But I think heartthrob means you're making other people's hearts throb, not your own heart throb. Not to be hey, too much of a kind of throbbing heart. Hey, look, I'm the one <laughs> I'm the one looking I'll make that decision over. Here. <laughs> But um, I think the guy would would be like a generally happier guy if he knew that every morning at 8.30 a.m. on the way to work, Adam handed him a buck and you had this short conversation. You built this relationship with a guy, even though technically it was less money than the $400 once a year. Well, it definitely creates security. And I think, you know, if we're, if we're really thinking about at some level, you know, alleviating suffering or making the world a better place, which is kind of what we talk about a, a lot of the mm-hmm. time that yeah with the the, in, the insecurity is is often worse than the absolute you know the absolute mm-hmm. nature of things like somebody you know you freelance and maybe you get a good gig but you're still like super stressed out about the next one whereas if you're on a salary mm-hmm. maybe the salary is less but you know you yes. <laughs> for you know you need to pay less than therapy anyway so <laughs> but <laughs> it's funny because there's a Dan, there's a Daniel Tosh the comedian especially from you know a few years back uh, he had a he had a joke. He had a joke which was like, I like to you know I fill up a coin jar and then when it really fills up, I feel like I wear cargo pants and I put you know I put the coins all in my cargo pants full of every coin. And the first homeless guy that asked me for money, I just go ding 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 ding, you win! And I start throwing the <laughs> coins and the guys are throwing the coins. And he's just and, and in his joke, he's like the guy's like dancing around. Da, da, da. I also had. A cousin, my grandma's cousin, he moved out to a small Greek island. And he was a poet, and there was a there was a really really tiny town. There was a a woman, tiny 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 woman. I went out to visit him once. This woman was she was like negative feet tall. <laughs> was she alive? I mean, it's not for me to judge who's on what side of a plane of existence, you know. But but you could have talked about it over dinner for like a little bit. Well, I don't know. And she would, and he would give every every day. She would walk through the town every day, almost clockwork, and he would give her a few drachmas. And I think a lot of people in the town were like this guy, or they'd go, whatever. And I remember my mom asking him like, "Well, what do you, you know?" What about, what do you think she's doing? What if she lives in some nice house up in the mountains or whatever, whatever? He's like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I think he probably spoke Greek by that point. He was from, he was from Queens, but you know, I think that's probably, actually no, he's from upstate in New York, but that's probably what he said in Greek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a real know. poet. I don't know. The guy's an articulate poet. He's a real. He was a. He actually was a minimalist poet. You know, often a syllable on a single page. So maybe that would have actually been too much for him. A, a syllable been, on a single uh, page. A, a syllable on a page, or a, a syllable on a line. A syllable on a line, often. So he was saying that. Listen, I have this this thing going, and I don't really care. Yeah, I really think it was just this is, this this feels like the just thing at a very simple level and some people might say hey add one layer of complexity maybe think about something else mm-hmm. or have a yes no i mean really minimalism no it's in the in this moment this is right tomorrow it will be the same moment <laughs> and so i will also do mm-hmm. it yeah it's nice anyways bohemian you have anything you want to add or should we should we cut it yeah, I'm good. I just like I just like how at least in terms of one one decision uh, paradox, there's a nice resolution 
in Judaism that you give multiples of 18 or whatever at least helps you out a little bit going eh, that feels right <laughs> instead of I don't know you know just anything that's a multiple of 10 that's everything tell that to the New York Times again tell it. we only we have the times tables in our school but it's just one line of one times 18 <laughs> two times 18 three times 18 <laughs> It's like, look at Shmaryanki over there. He's really good. He could do 137 times 18. The whole time stamp. Incredible. Incredible. Don't ask him anything else. (laughs) 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 So funny. Ah. There were some good memes, though. About that New York Times post, there was one that was like, landlord, uh, you know, Christopher, tomorrow the rent is due, but sorry, we have to raise it because of inflation. Next day, the New York Times head, headline, you know, Hasidic Jews don't, da, 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> send me, wait, send me some. I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Hey, hey. Well, I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Hey, hey. Said I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. And if I share with Okay, thank you for listening to episode 22 of The Zal. Um, this will be our last episode of the year 57. Happy Rosh Hashanah, Happy New Year's to everyone who celebrates. Um, and to everyone in general, please remember to use Banana Shevitz responsibly. We'd like to thank uh, Stephanie Chow for her music. Um, as always, and we stole a little of Aloe Black's I Need a Dollar there at the end. Thank you to our sponsors, of course, uh, but especially to everyone listening uh, for sharing, for um, sending in questions, for uh, writing reviews, anything. Um, we look uh, really forward to making more in 5780s. <clears throat> Catch y'all on the other side. If you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch your back. And if you don't, then goodbye. I'm going to eat a cheeseburger or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with that? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm going to, uh, you know, steal from a peasant. You know? yeah, yeah.